This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Thanks for listening to the For the Campus podcast, where each week we sit down and have discussions about Christian faithfulness in the college campus. To learn more about City Church Tallahassee and our ministries, head to citychurchtallahassee.com. All right. Hey, guys, I'm excited because we have our City Church U ministry resident, Hank Williamson, who just got married. Congratulations. Thank you. And today we're going to be talking about what does it look like to get involved in the church? How does that help you in your growth and your life? And then also, what are some ways to make the most out of the time that you that you spend here as a part of local church? And so one of the things that we see is a lot of college students come in the beginning of the year, especially in the fall, mm-hmm. and they're excited and they're eager to get involved in churches, and then they kind of fall off. And I think a lot of them... They don't think long-term about what does it look like to be involved, how will this really impact me over the long haul, and really also just think through Christian obedience. So I'd love for you just to share with us your story and how the church has shaped you as a Christian, as a man, and then we'll kind of do some follow-up questions from there. Yeah, and to kind of start your your first point on, like, they just kind of fall off, I think a big thing, um, when you come for the first time in college, it's like for the first time this is, like, my faith. Mm-hmm. And my parents aren't taking me to church anymore. I've got to wake up in the morning. I got to go, you know, I got to choose what service I'm going to go to. I got to go. And so, like, having being grounded in your local church, um, I think it's just like just starting thought like, this is once you become a college student, like, it's mm-hmm. your faith now. Yeah. Um, and you begin to become like your own person outside of the house. And so, yeah, so um, a little bit about myself. I got saved going into my junior year of high school in 2014. I was 16 years old. I was almost 16. And um, so I got saved. I was still in high school, um, which was great for me. I had a great high school ministry, um, great church, and some really great Bible-believing um, mentors and like youth group leaders. And so that was the first starting point for me was in the youth ministry and we had uh, mentors Kevin and Alex Sherman Um, they were a married couple there at the church he's now a youth pastor um, in Yorktown Virginia and they had a Saturday night Bible study and so every Saturday night we'd go over and we'd just go through a book of the Bible and it would take us however many weeks it took us Um, and we'd just go chunk by chunk you know three verses at a time something like that and out of that, I really began to not only get involved with older members in the church, but like understand the word for the first time. 
um, and that was through the local church. I think that's very important um, as you become a believer, no matter what point you're at, like growth in the Word comes through the local church. And that's where it started for me. In that Bible study, I just decided, like, I guess I'll just, you know, give up my Saturday nights. Really kept me out of a lot of trouble um, in high school, coming out of, uh, you know, just being an unbeliever in high school to being saved. And then Saturday nights is normally when, you know, things get rowdy for high schoolers. Mm -hmm. And so I was at a Bible study. That was great for me, too. And that's really where I just fell in love with the Word, got Mm -hmm. to be in figure out what Christian community looks like, um, and also figure out who the Lord is. Mm -hmm. And when you're in an environment like that, and you're walking through the Word verse by verse, and somebody's talking with you and helping you understand it, that's so critical when you're a young believer to learn how to read the Bible. It's Mm -hmm. it's different than just reading a a regular novel, obviously. Mm -hmm. And for me, I remember I got saved going into high school, and then I didn't get connected to a church for another year or two. So by the time I was really for the first time ever involved at a church. It was City Church. It was the first year it was planted. And we were working through various texts on Sunday mornings. And I remember sitting there and just kind of staring at my Bible and then listening to Dean and staring at my Bible, listening to Dean, and it began to kind of click for me. Mm -hmm. And it kind of had a snowball effect in my comprehension with the Bible. But before that, like leading up to that, I I was very, I was a young Christian and I was very frustrated because I would try to study the word and I couldn't understand it. And I would, I remember people would tell me stuff and they'd be like, oh, you need to, you know, just pray that God would reveal it to you. And I'd be like, do I need to do other things? Do I need to like, you know, light some incense and, yeah. you know, change, put some background music? Because I was getting frustrated. And what I realized exactly what you said, which was, yes, the Lord does help us understand his word, but community, Christian community, the mm-hmm. preaching of the word, older people in the church is a massive way that that actually oh, yeah. happens. Could you talk to me, so you mentioned that when you were young, you also had relationships with older church members. Mm-hmm. I think that can be a problem for a lot of college students, is they kind of get in this bubble where everybody they interact with, outside of their professor professors and their parents, are like in the ages of 18 to 21. Yep. It's problem- problematic for a lot of reasons, but yep. talk to me about how did that happen, and and what were the benefits of spending time around older church members? Yeah, so um, that really just happened because they were our like youth leaders um, for our age group, and so it kind of started to happen out of just the Wednesday nights. Um, then they just kind of invited us into their home, um, and so that was really helpful to have the invite from like an older mm-hmm. church member. But it also came through serving uh, that I be began to get to know older church members, um, and extremely helpful for a 17-year-old Christian is mm-hmm. to know at least people in their older 20s, you know, in their 30s, um, and that grew much more as I got to City Church, but when I was there during that time, um, I began to serve the church through the youth ministry and on Sunday mornings and things mm-hmm. like that, and that's how I got to get know them, and it really opens your mind and get you out of this high school bubble, you know, student leadership, Christian bubble to realize like there is like a lot of life going on be like outside of my circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helped me to see, I don't know, just so many things like older Christians have been through so much and so much of what we've already been through. And if we would only take the time to ask them, how do I get through this? Like we would mm-hmm. really... I feel like be able to get through things a lot easier, um, having the wisdom of older church members. Um, and that really started 
I mean, in high school a little bit with the Bible study, I got to know older members, but then as I got to City Church, um, I was just around a lot of um, older church members. You started, not that, I mean, when I got to know you, you were still younger, but um, that was like four or five years ago now. Mm-hmm. And, um, but like you would invite me into your home, give me a book to read. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really helpful for me. Dean would invite us uh, into his home. Um, and we just spend time talking to him about the church or whatever else. Um, I got to know Robert, who's a much older man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does finances and things like that for our church. And just sitting down, getting lunch with him, just wisdom about life and leading a life for the Lord mm-hmm. um, is something that I feel like I really learned through meeting older church members. And there's something about that community that's different than like your close friends. Mm-hmm. Um, your close friends are there for you really through like the thick and thin through everything. Um, but when there's something that like your close friends can't answer because they haven't been there before, that's where the church really steps in. And you have these out of serving uh, the church, getting to meet older members, you have these other members uh, that are older in the church and they've been through these things and they can really help you. Yeah. And you were talking about serving. That's what I've seen to be the best way for students to meet older people naturally is just to get involved in serving in City Church Kids or, or First Impressions. And then, you know, sometimes you're fortunate and somebody invites you and kind of takes the initiative. But sometimes, too, you know, those people, they're, they're here on Sundays and they got kids running around and they're thinking about getting ready for their week and they got a work week coming up. But if you get around them, it's also okay just to go, hey, um, I'd love to grab lunch sometime if you'd be willing to meet with me. And, you know, if you're listening to this, I encourage you to try that. Do do an experiment. Find somebody this week who's older than you that you respect in in the church and just see if you can get a cup cup of coffee or uh, a lunch somewhere and sit down and just ask them a couple questions, maybe write three questions. And um, one of the things that was helpful for me was hanging out around older people just pragmatically to help me have a, a long term view that I needed that like a lot of times the most immediate things that were bothering me the most, I'd go talk to them and I'd say, I'd sit down and I remember just a couple conversations like this and I'd say, you know, did you ever have this happen when you were in college? And they go, honestly, I I don't even remember. And like, actually, (laughs) like, that's a really encouraging thing. It's like, this thing's eating me up. And like, when I'm 30, I won't even remember it. And that's why I have that five-year journal where I, like, mm-hmm. put down, like, you know, and I realized that, like, if I didn't write 90% of the things in my life, if I didn't write them down, I wouldn't even remember them in five years. And it yeah. puts a perspective. So I think that's good, too, just to, you know, when, when you're surrounding yourself with people who are 19, 20, 21 exclusively, you just don't have people who have a perspective on life that's, like, just bigger picture. You know, yep. they've just spent more time. So. Well, talk, talk to me too about, so, you know, getting involved, you're serving, what are some other ways that that helped you, helped you grow? Um, I mean, at, at first, uh, and I kind of talked to Amanda a little bit about this before the podcast, but at first I was at a point where there wasn't many ways for me to serve because mm-hmm. I was so young. I was, all, I was just young, but also young in my faith. So I couldn't really lead any Bible studies. So there, I, there was a point where like, it was just like, I was being served by the church, Mm -hmm. which allowed me to see like, okay, when I'm like at that point, like I can start serving the church and Mm -hmm. I can be what these people have been to me. Um, and then I think serving the church, um, I, I mean, I just kind of started with like door holding, Mm -hmm. you know, and then it got to more of, uh, leading like, 
in very small ways leading in my youth ministry group. And then I got here and sophomore year, I started leading a city group. Mm-hmm. And then I started leading city groups from then on out. And I think that um, serving just kind of showed me that like in the same way that Christ always put others before himself, mm-hmm. like we can do the same uh, in our service to the church um, and out of the church to reach others. Um, and so, I mean, what that kind of looked like for me, mostly in college, was serving through student leadership. Mm-hmm. So how can I be a help to other college students? Um, and a lot of that looks like giving up your time mm-hmm. um, and giving up yourself and just like placing yourself last in your head. Like it, if I'm really here for what Christ was here for, then I'm here to serve others. Um, I'm here to wash others' feet. And so giving up your home uh, mm-hmm. during college, which is it, n- not easy, not an easy thing to do. You have four other roommates with different schedules, and you got to mm-hmm. find a time. Giving up your time to study, your time to you know spend time with your girlfriend or fiance, mm-hmm. um, to teach people what you've been taught, to mm-hmm. show people in the Word like who the Lord is. Like the Lord's given me this knowledge about Him and this love for Him. Now I have like the opportunity and the responsibility to impart that on other people. And so I feel like service really showed me that, like, it's good to give up my time. Mm-hmm. It's good to be last. Um, it's good to, you know, like, I've kind of heard it put as, like, be the doormat for others. Mm-hmm. You know, like, welcome people. Um, what's the saying you always say? Not when, when you walk in the room, it's not here I am, but there you are. There you are. Yeah. Um, that's really what serving is about and that's really what like starting small and so i think this is really helpful um because some people think like oh i've got to lead a group immediately Mm -hmm. you know if i'm going to serve i got to lead a city group or maybe i got to lead some sort of teaching like that's not a good place to start that's scary you know that's not that's not easy start by holding the door on sundays come to the nine serve the eleven um, start by, you know, holding someone's one-year-old during mm-hmm. the 11 o'clock service after you serve the nine. Um, start with trying to, once you're learning the Bible, serve in kids' ministry and teach kids the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as easy as you would think, and you grow a lot, yeah. um, trying to teach kids biblical truths in a way that, like, a six-year-old can understand. Yeah, of course. Um, and they ask the best questions. Oh, they ask the they ask the best questions. Like, what is death? And you're like, hmm. <laughs> I've never thought of that. Well, uh, I'll get back to you <laughs> next week. Yeah. Um, no, that's a great point. Start small. And start small and then grow out of that. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you'll grow into different roles and you'll find, like, what do I love? Um, mm-hmm. What has the Lord really equipped me to do? Um, and that's something we try to do in student leadership mm-hmm. is what do you love? Uh, because we want to put you there. Um, do you love evangelism? Well, like, let's start you, you know, let's start you with Tim and let's mm-hmm. get you on campus, like, figuring out how to do that. And so... Yeah. And, you know, another kind of, I guess, full circle aspect of that is, you know, I think about when you're serving in all of these different areas and you're doing all these different kind of smaller tasks, um, you're also just interacting more and more with people who are gifted in different things, serving different ways at different life phases. And one of the things you and I talk about a lot, and we try to help college students understand this, is sometimes people might think, oh, like this person is getting this opportunity because they're popular. 
And you mm-hmm. hear, start hearing this phrase, popular, popular, popular. But there's a difference between being popular and being available. Yep. And a lot of times the students at City Church who are the most available are the ones who get the most opportunity. And so what people don't see is, you know, even your group of friends, um, you know, we would have something like, hey, we, we have, you know, a thousand cases of water during a hurricane and mm-hmm. we need people to load these into a truck. And then a bunch of students show up and, you know, then they get to go to lunch with Dean right yep. after because it just happens. It wasn't because they were popular. It was because they were available. They were there. Dean got to know them. And that's one of the things too, is as you're serving in these small ways, you're going to get to know people who have different giftings. They're going to help speak to you about what they see in you. And it reminds me of Ephesians four, where Paul's talking about, you know, he gave some to be prophets and some to be, you know, and he kind of lists these different various giftings that people have. And then he says, you know, um, he says for the work of the ministry to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, that our job is to turn around and equip students to do ministry. And so there's also this part where it's not just about serving, but it is about being equipped and it is about learning and it is about, so we can't equip you if you're not there. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other side of that is, you know, at first going, you know, we used the poker chip and illustration with students, 168 poker chips on a table. And then I kind of use colors to show how basically after, after 20 hours of in class, 21 hours of studying, 15 hours of, um, or 20 hours of work. I can't remember exactly how it is without it in front of me. Essentially, you end up with 58 hours of, of free time, and that's after a ton of things, including eight hours of sleep, all this. And you realize, like, once you make the decision, I'm going to go to a city group, I'm going to serve on Sundays, I'm going to, you know, do these things, it becomes normal. And at first, it's a little bit jolting, but then it just kind of becomes a normal part of your routine, and you don't think twice about, you know, giving yep. Netflix 30 hours a week, but all of a sudden, you're giving six hours to the church, and you're like, oh, oh you know. It's a lot, but you get used to it. And um, I'm sure even for you, like, you know, when you were 16 and you first got saved, like what it looked like for you to be involved, maybe was holding doors and helping with smaller things. And then all the way up to the point where before you became a resident, you know, you were probably doing, I don't know, 15 hours of city church kind of serving and and leading. Um, Could you talk to uh, just a little bit more about what are some things that, you know, if, if a student's hearing this and say, okay, I'm going to try to get involved in the church, I'm going to try to serve, what are some ways that they can kind of make the most of that and really try to grow and learn from it? Yeah, um, we've already talked about time a lot, but give your time. Um, time, like time given to the church is time gained. So mm-hmm. we always talk about like buy back your time. Uh time is fleeting and it's always running away from us. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you get older and, you know, start like having kids and, um, or just getting married and getting out of college full-time job, your time is taken like more and more and more and more. But giving to the church is time gained. Mm-hmm. Um, what a way to buy back time, uh, than to give it to your church. Uh, that's just one of the ways that I always try and think about time given to the church. Um, you always say time spent on the water is time invested. Um, yeah. Time on the water is always invested, never spent. Never spent. That's right. Same way the church. That was a joke with me and my best friends. <laughs> uh, we would send it to our wives. <laughs> but yeah, that's true. That time at the church is never spent. It's always invested. Yep. And like the Lord honors that time too. Mm. Um, that's the same way. It's like investment for heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like the like investing your time at the church 
pays dividends not only for your spiritual health, mm-hmm. but also just for like your growth with the Lord. Do you want to experience growth with the Lord? Like spend your time at the church, get mm-hmm. to know people, uh, hear the word. And it's better than what you would have spent it in otherwise. Like I mm-hmm. remember, I'll share a quick story. Um, when I was in college, I was a part of a small Bible study and there was a guy who showed up on Sunday morning and I, I reached out to him. I started to develop a relationship with him. I got him to the Bible study. I bought him a Bible with my own money, which was as a college student, you know, a generous thing to do. And then I, I didn't see him for like two years and I had kind of invested a lot of time and I was discouraged. Well, fast forward, I show up to city church one Sunday morning and there he is getting baptized. And he had got plugged in with a group there and, um, you know, me and him uh, kind of picked back up where we left off and developed a great relationship. He became a volunteer in the youth ministry. He's still a volunteer in the youth ministry today. His name's Greg Jacobs. And um, he's, you know, when Hannah and I were fostering, him and his wife were fostering. And the Lord allowed me to be a part of his overall story. And I I invested time into that. Mm -hmm. And then I got to see what the Lord did just in his life. And that's so much more gratifying than anything else I could have done with my time. Like there's no movie I would have watched yeah. or, you know, date night I could have gone on that would, would have been more, that could replace that. And I think when you're, when you're young, you're, you're, you tend to be a little bit more selfish and you're just kind of thinking, what do I want to do this Thursday? Yep. Or like, I don't know, I don't want to commit. Like they talk about plan shopping, you know, mm-hmm. what if I commit to like serving on Saturday morning, but then like some people invite me to the beach, I don't get to go. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, just trust older people when they say some of these things that you're doing, like you, you have no clue how meaningful and how special they're going to be to you until you, you know, you, you look back. But that's a great kind of, of a point too. Yeah. What else were you going to add? Um, another thing for just like how to make the most of your time, um, make genuine friends. Um, what I noticed is that in Christian community, you can make real friends who actually care about you, mm-hmm. um, who actually care about what's best for you, which is what the Lord wants for you mm-hmm. um, based on the scriptures. And so make genuine friends, and then out of those friendships, be accountable to them completely with mm-hmm. what you struggle with. Them. What, is that, what does that kind of look like? So one of the, the points that when I was thinking through, like how can like, I make the most of my time um, in student leadership, in college, just my whole life in the local church, I was thinking, like, one of the biggest things is confess your sins. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest hindrances in Scripture is when we're sinning and we're not confessing mm-hmm. and we're not repenting. Um, John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I came that they have may have life and have it abundantly. So we have these two like opposing things, sin that's trying to destroy us mm-hmm. and Jesus who's trying to give us life. So which are we going to choose? Mm-hmm. And when we have those friendships um, with people that we genuinely trust to be praying for us, to be caring for us, to be just living life alongside with us, we can be accountable to them. Um, and we need to confess our sins. It affects our relationship with our church members. It affects our church. Um, it affects things more than we understand, I think, or mm-hmm. will understand this side of heaven. Um, and so we need to be in relationships with people where we can confess sin in a way that's fruitful, um, that is full of repentance. So we actually like confess sin to a mm-hmm. friend and then follow and lead away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, I think that's a huge part of the local church is having people who you can lean on, people mm-hmm. who you can trust in to be 
you know, to have confidentiality with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this is genuinely what I'm struggling with. And for no, to come to people knowing that like no sin that you've committed is like going to be held against you mm-hmm. uh, by Christ. Like you are forgiven and knowing that those people you can trust with everything and to know that they'll be praying for you. They will help you get through um, what you're going through. And that's a great kind of uh, place for us to just clarify too. When we talk about being involved in the church, we don't mean programs or building. We, mm-hmm. we mean the people, yep. the organized people of God who are, you know, they're grounded in his word. They're under the leadership of elders and pastors, and they're working to try to live out what Christ has called us to. And, um, you know, what you said is, I think, really important, too, that a lot of cautions think that going to church is being a part of a church, and that's different. Like, attending a service doesn't mean that you're, you know, I guess the old old joke was that I used to hear was, you know, standing in a car doesn't make you a garage, or or standing in a garage doesn't make you a car, (laughs) you know, and going to church doesn't necessarily mean that you're a part of a church or that you're a Christian. Like, what it means to you know, be a part of a church is to be involved in the community and being involved in the community requires authenticity and it requires a lot of grace and and patience. And it's, it's kind of funny because when you read through the new Testament and you look at Paul writing to local churches, um, and authors writing to local churches, you see him trying to help them live authentic, faithful, repent, like filled with repentance. Yeah. Um, and to bear with one another. And I think that that's a, a, a really important thing for college students to understand. You're yeah. going to go, every college student is going to join, that's going to join a church is going to join an imperfect church filled with annoying people. Mm-hmm. And um, there's always room for one more. Yep. <laughs> so. And Paul like starts most of his New Testament letters with grace and peace to you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he says that for a reason. Like yeah. he, <laughs> he wants there to be grace and peace in the church. And he realizes that mm-hmm. like, Peace is not an easy thing to come by. Mm-hmm. Peace is a hard thing. Um, but making peace with each other and uh, people that, like, normally without Christ, there'd be no reason why you'd be friends. Um, sure. It's very important. And, and everybody likes the idea of peace, of peace as long as it doesn't involve very much of them. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't like peace when they've been wronged. People don't like peace when it requires their time, their mm-hmm. works, their effort. People like big, generic peace that mm-hmm. doesn't impact them at people all. People like the word peace. Yeah. People don't like the effort to the, get to the peace. effort, and within Christian community, it's a lot of effort, and it's it a is. lot of taking time to listen to your brothers and sisters who disagree with you, and mm-hmm. be gracious if they missay or misspeak or have a different idea on something than you. It is a lot of work. Um, yeah. Are you ready for some rapid fire questions? Give me some. Rapid I didn't. Fire I didn't prep you for these. So you know, we talked about over the years. You served in a lot of different ways in the church, and even to this day, you continue to serve in a lot of behind the scene scenes ways. What is the least favorite thing that you've ever done service-wise in the church? The least favorite thing. The least enjoyable. The least enjoyable. Hmm. That's hard. You got to speak in the mic. There's nothing, sorry about that. There's nothing like, you know, moving a couple hundred chairs to really start your morning off. I once had somebody say when I first got into vocational ministry, like working for a church, he said, ministry is a lot of moving chairs. It is. And... There's nothing like it. You know, yeah. I'm not going to say that's not my, that is my least favorite. Sometimes it's a good time, but especially when you're doing it alone. Yeah. And you have no headphones. 
Yeah. That's brutal. It is a little You brutal. know what's funny to do is to go through the New Testament and the Gospels and look at the disciples and look at all the annoying things they had to do. Like, <laughs> we, we, like, romanticize it, but, like, think about, like, you know, the feeding at the, you know, the feeding of the 5,000 or whatever. Like, you <laughs> know, they had to... They have to walk that food they around. They had to walk that food around. Like, it's not a very glamorous, like, how <laughs> many times... And you think, of, yeah, and you think about, like, a lot of times young, young men who want to get into ministry, they want to preach and they want to teach. And it's like, man, you would have hated being a disciple of Jesus because they're not really doing that very much at first. They're doing a lot of paddling boats and walking, walking and they're getting water and they're passing out food and they're just doing a lot of things that, you know, ministry requires work. I mean, Mm -hmm. and just in, in understanding having a maturity to say that all these small things add up to the, to the greater thing. Yeah. What outside of college ministry, what have you enjoyed the most being, being a part of? I really enjoyed enjoy uh, teaching the word and so outside of college ministry anyway that i can teach the word preach Mm -hmm. lead a bible study i just really enjoy that um that's something i want to do i want to be a pastor someday and being able to study the word Mm -hmm. and then like deliver that to people of what i feel like the lord has shown me Mm -hmm. um i feel like that just that's what excites me Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where i love serving What's big, been the biggest light bulb that's clicked for you being a part of City Church, coming off of, you know, being involved in a church that your family is a part of to mm-hmm. being involved in a church that, like, this is the church that you're a part of? What's been the biggest light bulb shift over here? The biggest light bulb shift for me, I feel like, is going from, like, this is my parents' church, it's where mm-hmm. we, like, chose to go to, like, I genuinely love my church. Mm-hmm. Um, coming here, starting my freshman year, um, not really knowing anyone, becoming a member my sophomore year, student leadership, and growing in a love for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always easy. You know, we you don't always agree with everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I love our pastors. I love our elders. Um, I love our college students and our church members. Mm-hmm. For me, it was really just going from duty and responsibility to love mm-hmm. and really seeing, like, this is where I want to be. Uh, this is my home. Just a kind of feeling like home, I feel like, is yeah. a huge shift for me. And knowing, like, I made this decision, and I've decided to be a part of this body of believers, um, you know, as long as the Lord has me here. So. Yeah. So in the circuit, like, you know, listening and having this conversation, obviously there are times when you choose to not get involved in something. You don't feel like maybe it's the right fit. It's not the right season. When, when, and why have you ever not got involved in something at city church? Um, I don't like middle schoolers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I try to steer clear from anything that has to do with middle schoolers. Yeah. I don't, I don't, they don't listen. They don't, yeah. I just, I, college students are great. I like middle schoolers more than little kids. Really? I'm like in the, I'm like no, in I'm, the small majority of people that like, it's the same for me where I served in the classroom for mm-hmm. at kids camp for mm-hmm. years. And my wife was kids director at one point. And I kind of came to the team and I goes, guys, I will do whatever this church needs <laughs> me to do, but I prefer to do anything but be in the, in the classroom with fifth graders because you know, they just don't do logical things, yeah. you know? It I understand me. that. Yeah. But that's why, you know, that's why I work in college ministry. Yeah, exactly. it's great. It's the best. Yeah. We have weird problems too, but they're Weird problems, least, but I love, I yeah, love all yeah. problems. Well, thanks so much for hanging out. And uh, if you guys have any questions for Hank, you can email him at hank.williamson at citychurchtallahassee.com. Thanks, Hank. Yep. Thanks for having me. 
Thanks again for listening to the For the Campus podcast. If this podcast was helpful for you, please take time to share it with others. Also, feel free to reach out to us online. Have a great day.